hope the future generations can get this urge stay woke young and avenge these nerds uh. welcome back to another episode of nerds and rounds guys i'm your host sebastian it's your boy law anybody tone from across the hall and today we have another great exciting creator series for you guys today we have artist extraordinaire aniba arroyo aniba welcome to the show what's up guys how you doing thanks for having me so aniba i'm glad that you're on the show we had you on the show before you were on our tuesday lives we were getting, we were talking about some great stuff i believe we were uh, talking about cap and falcon i think time. so yes yeah it was uh i think episode three if i remember correctly yeah yeah oh, yeah. early part yeah yeah, yeah. Before before, it got really good. yeah before shit went down right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> And um, for many people who don't know, you can also catch um, Mr. Arroyo on Catch the Craze every once in a while with the crazy guys, Sam, George. Uh, uh, get together, you know, the uh, four horsemen uh, re- reunite every month. So. <laughs> yeah, nice. It's, nice. Yeah, it's you, George, Sam, and Jonathan Syfax, right? Right, yeah. Awesome individuals. So, so, so tell us your origin story of what got you on this road of comics. How did you become an artist? What inspired you to become an artist? Because then, you know people don't see look at that awesome background right there that's that is an artist's desk right there yo for real man <laughs> seriously he gave us like the, the little tour earlier and we were like what is happening also also looking at where you your your drawing stand that thing looks like it has seen some work oh dude yeah that's, that's a new one that's a new one i won't have like, that's the new one? Oh, man. one like forget about it the old, one, like, the old one could be considered like a work of art in itself you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh yeah, to get into the uh, the origin story here, I try to every time I get this question, like I get it in in you know different shows in like a different format. I try to add a little something different or remember something new to, to the story. Mm-hmm. Some of the same people watch me over and they could probably tell my story better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually spent some time today thinking about stuff, and uh, I came up with something that I, I have not revealed on another podcast yet. So this is an nice right? Yeah. So okay. Uh, partially what got me into what I'm into today, the earliest recollection that I have uh, in terms of anything uh, make-believe that, that I was fascinated by at a very early age. And I know you, I, you guys are a little younger than I am. Um, I got you by, by a couple of years. I don't know if you'll remember this, this series from back in the day. Okay. It was a stop-motion animated series mixed with live actors, okay? It was a guy, like a, a, a like a doctor, a professor, his son Will, and his daughter Holly. They went off on a routine expedition. That it's part of the theme song. They end up going down this waterfall. After they go down the waterfall, they enter this other dimension, and it's called the land of the lost. Mm-hmm. I know Saturday it. morning. Yeah. Living in the I land was, of the yo, lost. I was like, this sounds way too familiar. There, there was a remake in like the 90s. Maybe you guys remember that one better, but I grew up with that one from like okay, the late 70s okay. or the 80s. And uh, that was the first time that I saw, you know, make believe come to life. And, and I was just fascinated by the dinosaurs and the way they, they, they moved. And I was hooked. So from then on, actually, after that, the next one, you guys probably have seen this one. I don't have the action figure here now, but the 1933 black and white version of King Kong, the original, the stop motion. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like watching that stuff. Like I was all into like the, the creatures and creature designing and special. I always thought now that I would would have been ended up in uh, in special effects and filmed. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but the, sometimes the life takes you in different paths or whatever. You end up in, yeah. a, in a direction. So 
I ended up doing comics, but that's my earliest uh, recollections of anything uh, in terms of what led me to do what I'm doing today. So that's an exclusive, guys. Never said Ooh. that. But- nice. So, so wait, before we continue with your origin story, I have to ask you because you wrote the stop motion and everything. Um, were you that guy who watched sci-fi in its earlier days when they had that block of all the old school stop motion um, horror movies and sci-fi fiction? Let me tell you, dude. Thanksgiving back in like the early 80s used to do uh, a marathon, right? From like Thursday through, I guess it was like Sunday of all the King Kong movies, you know, King Kong, Mighty Joe Young, Son of Kong, back to back. Then the next day, Friday would be all the Godzilla movies and, and through the weekend, they would just repeat. Oh, they did. I yeah, I remember that. Television. I was glued to the television for that whole thing. And yeah, I, I I'm was, sorry to suspect you're not that much older than you might. You I mean, might have me like, and Tone, but I yeah. don't think you might be on Seabass. Yeah, but no, I, I remember that. I remember like sci-fi would have all those, would just have the marathons of like all the stuff. Yeah, so I remember them doing that. Anybody remember that? Yes. I was watching the ants, the big giant ants. The, they're, they're just um, coming out from the hole and eating everybody. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> He's called them, I think. Yeah, I know. I always talking. forget the name, but I was like, I remember. Yeah. I was like, oh, big ants. No, well, no, guys, no. <laughs> uh, uh, what, what was the guy? He was like a really innovative guy back in uh, at that era with uh, stop motion stuff. Uh, uh, Ray Harryhausen. He did all like the Sinbad movies and yeah, uh, those are classics. Um, okay, those big with the Medusa and all that stuff. He, like, oh, like, uh, like, okay, like, Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Yeah, that okay. was Harry okay. That was towards the end of his career. Yeah, the Clash of the okay. Titans. Yep. So yeah. when was it that you knew that you wanted to get into comics and everything um, as part of your origin story? I well, feel like there was there an attempt made for stop motion first because there had to be. I, I definitely gave it a try in terms like I always did draw. Like I think I, I was drawing around that same time. You know, like I was that kid in class where like uh, the teacher would tell us to do your penmanship and I'd be making like characters with the letters. And, you know, all the kids came to me to can you draw my stuff? And that, that was me. I was that kid. So I was always <laughs> drawing. And yeah, uh, to answer your question, I did try the stop motion stuff. I, like mm. I, I, I would do like little, you know, clay figures and, and but the stuff just took so long. I, I learned something about myself. I'm, I'm more of an instant gratification kind of person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you. I need to get that like. Yeah. You will learn. So I, I discovered that. that, you know. So yeah, <laughs> it was a good thing to discover that, you know, um, early on like that because it, it kind of. Yeah, the earlier the better. Cause yeah, especially for, especially for yeah. that, you don't want to go down this line of like I'm gonna do stop motion and then you yeah. get to it and you're like. Holy shit. Absolutely. <laughs> I even tried animation, like regular animation. This was before digital, so maybe it would be different now. I did it the old school way, you know, way you drew and you flipped the page over and you drew another. And wow. That okay. stuff drove me nuts. I studied it for a couple of months at the Cubert School. And um, mm. I just was like, this is not for me. I'll stick to comics, you know, one one thing and, and uh one and done, basically, you know. And um so that that kind of took me into uh, comics via uh, the superhero and, and uh, fantasy world because I was into like uh, again growing up I was into like the super friends and you know the Saturday morning cartoons oh, yeah. and all that stuff so I was introduced to superheroes early on but I didn't pick up a comic book or read a comic book until my teenage years I was probably about 16 when I picked up my very first comic book so all along which I- was What's that? Do you remember? Do you remember the oh, comic? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my very, very first comic book that I actually looked at and picked up was—I uh, don't remember the number of the issue, but it was uh, "Amazing Spider-Man" by Todd McFarlane. 
Wow. Okay. Around right before they introduced Venom, like in the in the three hundreds, some like early three hundreds. Okay. Okay. Exact number. That was the very first time a friend of mine brought it to uh, class. I looked through it and bam, I was in love with it. And then my actual first purchase comic book was actually a few years before that. I forgot about this. Uh, I'm just gonna spill it here, guys. There you go. <laughs> it was the uh, the uh, movie version of uh, the movie adaptation of Conan the Barbarian. I saw Ooh. that. I've always been into fantasy. Um, mm. That kind of stuff. So I saw that on, at the at the bodega, the corner store. Picked that up, and then um, once I fell in love with uh, the McFarlane stuff, I started that. That's when I started creating my own characters and and kind of just you know, just turning it into you know this whole universe that that I have now. That's waiting to come out at some point. So yeah, I can't, oh, can't wait man. to read that. You know, yeah. Come out with the characters, your universe, and all. Because you've you've done some phenomenal work and everything, and we're gonna get into that in a second, but. I'm, I'm going to throw the mic over to Tony Law. Yeah, no, one. definitely. So you you mentioned that you went to the Kubrick School. So what what about that program did you get that you were able to transition into comic creation? Um, and could you tell us a little bit about the program too yeah, for yeah. folks that you know, absolutely? Don't know. Uh, I'll start with the the biggest uh, takeaway from the uh, experience at the Kubrick School. I went there for a year. I did a year uh, certification for one year. It's a, it's a three-year school, or it was back then. I'm not sure about now. And uh, basically, they prep you for the industry. You know, they, they, they prep you. They make you uh, do a portfolio. Uh, at senior year, they have uh, rep, reps come from all the, you know, the, the big companies kind of like draft you. You know what I mean? They come cherry pick the best and you know, mm. they get them on internships and get them going or whatever. Um, for me, the biggest, uh, biggest thing I took from that is the fact that I learned that everything I thought I knew before was completely wrong about doing comics. The way that I was doing comics before the Kubert School was completely wrong. How mm-hmm. so? They, they okay. The way I did it, I used to just any paper I could get. I, it was quality. I'm not gonna say it was. Quality. It, was <laughs> it wasn't the 11 by 17 boards. You know, it, it was a regular mm-hmm. sketch paper. I would use like Crayola markers, whatever I could get my hands on to do the coloring. Okay. Um, I didn't, uh, I had no discipline in terms of uh, pencils, inks, and colors. I would just do everything all in one shot. It was just chaos. And, mm. and going there, I had to unlearn all the stuff that I knew, that I thought I knew, and was doing the wrong way. So it was really, really like, a, it was an eye-opener for me, actually. And um, I saw the level that I was really at in reality, and it was nowhere near where I felt I needed to be. And like, it, you know, it, 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 again, it was like basic training, you know, it was like mm. intense, man. It was five days a week. Uh, and then your weekends, you were doing homework. So it was like seven days a week, really, because <laughs> you gotta, you know, you're yeah. constantly drawing, you're constantly drawing. And in the year that I was there, I did see like a huge growth. Like my, my stuff just went from A to Z in, in, in that m- amount of time. And I still use a lot of the stuff that I learned there, even though like some of the stuff is digital now, I still go, you know, I still use the, the dip pen and, and the brush when I ink, stuff like that, stuff that I learned there, just, it, it stuck with me, you know? Yeah. No, that's great that it, it yeah. you know, it, it, like you said, bootcamp, they broke you down and, and build you back up, but it, yeah, it man. gave you a, a great foundation to, you know, to create the works that you created. Absolutely. But yeah. you also you also work in different mediums because you you yeah. you told me that you know you work in oils and acrylics, right? Um, which is definitely different from sequential art. So, what is your favorite medium that you like to di- deep dive in as an artist? What is like something that you just like just have fun with? It's funny. I actually started like even before comics. I actually skipped this whole section of the the, the origin story. I started, <laughs> <laughs> I started as a painter. I used to uh, uh, I don't want to use the word hustle, but like I always made money 
uh, doing portraits of like, uh, you know, baby pictures and, and prom pictures mm. and portraits of that kind of thing, even before I got into comics. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with uh, Bob Ross, the painter. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy I, accidents. Uh, yeah, that dude. Yeah, yeah. The, the happy little trees guy. There you go. <laughs> so I learned how to paint watching him. Um, so I would just, you know, stand. My uncle, uh, one of my uncles was like kind enough to get me a, a uh, an easel, which I still own to this day. And I would just prop it up in front of the TV and just paint along with that guy. And that was all before I had to be maybe between 11 and 14. Right before I started doing comics, I was doing like oil paintings. Okay. And, uh, I, to answer your question, I think my favorite medium, honestly, um, is oil. Um, I, I do I do like working in oil. It's uh, I just had a, a commission I did a couple months back, and I forgot how, I hadn't done it in years because I've been so deep with the comics, and I forgot how good it was, how good it felt to do that. And I I do want to go back to it just just for myself, just again because I do enjoy doing it. So yeah, definitely I I, it, I would say oils, definitely oils. Okay. When you're choosing to work on a story, what's the process like? Are you like character first are you like all right i kind of have a sense for style that i want to go for or is it like a straight up collab and you're like yo what's this about well i'll tell you which with uh with different stories it's happened different ways i'll tell you the one that i'm working on mm. now it's uh basically a uh project i'm working on as a senior thesis uh, for my uh, ba uh bfa bachelor's in fine art which i should finish uh i'm projected to finish by next year okay. so congrats. congrats congrats yeah thank you for, for my senior show i'm putting together a one-shot graphic novel which i started uh in april i started drawing in april i've been writing it on and off like for years and uh now that i've locked in graduation and senior show as the date date you know to have it out i've been working on that and with that it was basically a character that i created back in and had to be back in high school that I just one day decided, let me look at my sketchbook just for the hell of it and, you know, see what I got. Saw the character, brought him out, and I actually had Jonathan Syfax write a quick little uh, eight-page uh, introduction story that would have gone into uh, one of the uh, anthologies that I did. I'm like the anthology guy. Uh, one of the anthologies <laughs> I did, yeah, I'm, I'm alone on that one. Um, <laughs> none of the guys like, like doing them. But anyhow, it was supposed to go into this anthology called Warped, the Strange and Heroic, and uh, I actually... With the story that John wrote, I developed, I helped him develop. I had hired an artist and he basically, oh man, he found somebody that paid him more money and he started doing that work and started handing me stuff that was subpar. So I had to let him go. So that story never made mm. that book. So the character and the story rested for a couple of years. And then I recently, uh, I think uh, last year, I dusted him off again and restarted it and decided to do it as my senior thesis, which is what I'm working on now. And the way that I'm working it is, uh, I got this thing here. I got notes. I got thumbnails. Oh, wow. And That's how you work. From, from here, I go into my computer and type up the script. And then when I do the script, I go into my pages, which is what I got here. I was working on this as I was watching uh, Loki. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, badass scene coming up right here. Nice. That's is cool. It, is it hard for you? Is it harder for you to like? give up some level of creative control when it's your project and you're like, I want you to help me write it or I want you to help me you know, do the art for it. See, for me, uh, with this particular project, uh, I always prefer to work alone, but I'm also a fan of like collaborations. You know, I, I definitely see where like, uh, if someone has a, uh, 
a talent or a skill that I see that they're very good at that may even be better than myself. I'm not afraid or, or ashamed to say, hey, you want to get together? I love collaborating. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I, 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 most of my projects, I've only done, this will probably be the, the second project, you know, of this uh of this uh, magnitude that I've done alone or that I'm doing alone. I all pretty much my history would, it's all been collaborations. It's, it's either okay. I've drawn someone's story. I've helped somebody write something like it's, it's all been collaborations. Well, speaking um, of collaborations, um, cause a mutual friend of ours, you, you collaborated and did um, work with doing a Indiegogo with, and I'm going to share the screen right here. Um, oh yeah. yeah on yeah. this piece right here. So oh yeah. 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 Forbidden. That is my first, uh, my first, uh, what do you call it? My first taste of indie comics work. That, that was actually my first project uh, that I got, that I landed uh, as a comic book artist. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, so nice. Yeah. And you, you worked with us with Sam and all that. And this was this was pretty awesome. It was glad. And again, congratulations on you guys for getting the Indiegogo fully funded. But I mean, I'm not going to show too much of the book. Um, but I do want to show more of your artwork. What, what was um, that? What was that like? Did Sam hit you up and be like, "Yo, like, I, I got a project for you," or was it kind of like a, you're like, "Hey, what you working on over there?" We uh, who made the first move? That, okay, we actually didn't know each other prior to uh, the project for too long. Actually, I had just met them at a uh, at a show they did in Jersey called the the. Uh, it was a Star Wars convention. I can't remember the name of it. Empire Fan Fest, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. From that meeting, uh, you know, I saw we gelled pretty well. You know, I saw the, they, they were doing their thing. They were on my age. I was like, I want to be doing this too. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I got a phone call. They were like, you know, we got a story. You know, we think your style would fit. I showed them the, uh, the Cubert School stuff that I had done, like the portfolio I, I got done from the school. And um, yeah, and then we, we, uh, we met up and... Uh, you know, he, he uh, Samuel was very professional. You know, he presented the story. He had his little briefcase and he had a contract. And, you know, I was like, the only thing he didn't have was money, which I was I was green. I was like, I just want to get my feet wet. I want to get into business. I don't care yeah. about money. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to get, you know, now would be a different story. Now it's like pay me first, you know. Right. Back then, I was just so happy to be in the business. And, uh, yeah, it was a very exciting time. So. You know that that's how that all went down, and um, it was a great collaboration, man. I, I'm very, very proud of that project, and till this day, it's like you know, I have good memories of it. But I'm I'm just like again blown away because I'm looking at these pencils right here too of your work and all that, the eyes, the expressions, the details. Yeah. Again, it's 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 like it, it it just this level of work alone is like it's phenomenal, bro. Um, and I mean, I'm again, I'm I'm a big fan of my friends. Um. <laughs> And this has just been like you know i i'm going to show one more piece here this one right here which is another and this is all ink that you did too on this right here uh yeah yeah that's uh my pencils and inks yeah i mean it's like you know this is and so so you've got like because you know seabass is showing showing off some of your work and i remember reading through your bio you've got like all these characters who's who's your favorite character that you've created so many uh yeah I'm gonna pick a, <laughs> you always do that yeah i'm pick a favorite child yeah. <laughs> of course oh, of course that, that i've created for myself or that i that i right now i've created a lot for myself but i haven't published or put them out there but i've created so many things like in collaborations with other people that are out there so i'm thinking i'm gonna go that route and answer it that okay. way yeah 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 
personally, I, I love the character from uh, the story that you just showed with the, the kid with the, the hand. I like the character in that story called Fuzz. Uh, he's, he's basically like the streetwise older cousin. He's kind of like a mix between like, uh, I don't know, like Scarface and, you know, some R&B singer. He's like a smooth ladies man. But he's like, <laughs> really, okay. Yeah. Oh, how can you not like that? Right. So yeah, yeah that, that's probably one of my favorite characters. And uh, Jonathan and George actually collaborated on the writing of that. So it, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, very lifelike. You know, it's, it feels like, you know, these people like this, this character, like it, it's that, that for that reason, I, I would say that's definitely my favorite character. Cool. Is there and, any characters you've created that you feel like are parts of yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, pretty much every character I'm putting into the story I'm working on, I'll, I'll break it down really quick for, for the, uh, the thesis It's kind of like a space opera kind of, uh, the lead character. He's a little Han Solo-ish. Uh, it's got a little, a little bit of the things that I like, you know, it's got some humor, some, you know, action and some of the, personalities in the story of the other character are definitely uh deri derivatives of myself you know some some things that maybe you would like to be or you would like to say but for you know society and you know you're gonna be crazy if you do or say these things you can't say this is the stuff that i'm putting into these characters so yeah definitely cool and so go ahead Tom. and you know for the piece so the piece you're working on your your thesis piece and i know i'm assuming this is kind of part of your your characters that you haven't released yet to the public is, as you yeah. say, it's a one-shot graphic novel. So after it's released and after it's graded and you do everything, is that something you see putting out there as like, as like your real big public work that you're doing? Um, the, the plan for it is at the moment is to uh, debut it at the senior show. Um, mm -hmm. Realistically, I, you know, I'm a realist. Realistically, I will definitely have enough for an issue one, which would be about 24 to 25 pages. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still in the middle of like fleshing it out and writing it. So I'm projecting it could end up being anywhere between 72 to 96 pages. So that being said, realistically, in one year for one guy to do the pencils, the inks, the digital colors, the lettering, the logo design and whatever else is involved that I forgot. It's pretty damn near impossible unless that's all you do, which obviously is not. You know, I have a life, I got a family and, and the whole nine. So like right. you guys, so have you tapped Sam and George for marketing already? <laughs> I, I haven't, but yeah, when the time comes, you know, George is all I, I got offers for from people to help me. Like I got a guy, a friend of yeah. mine who's a flat for me, and you know, we'll trade, you know, skills, whatever. I'll draw something for him and like things like that. So at the moment, I haven't decided to take them up on it. I, I, I like to push myself. And then when mm. I think I can't go anymore, I might reach out and say, okay, guys, maybe, you know, it's time for me to, you know, pass the baton or whatever. So for the moment, I'm good. But yeah, when the time arises, I, I got folks in mind. <laughs> but with that, how, how important has it been to have like a good crew around you, like a good circle around you that like helps you like in like moments like these? Yeah, it, it's, it's even, uh, it's funny because it's become not just, uh, you know, before COVID, the, the motivation was the conventions going to live shows and our meetings. We used to have mm. like monthly, weekly, bi-weekly meetings where we would be around each other and, and work off that creative energy. Now it's transitioned into, okay, let me turn on Facebook, YouTube, watch you guys, watch whoever. <laughs> Seriously. And I get motivated. Sometimes I'll be drawing and I'll just have somebody playing in the background, you know, and that, that keeps me, you know, that keeps me in it. That, that, that motivates me. That keeps me focused, keeps me in the game. So it, it's definitely important. You know, no man is an Island, right. You know, right. Yeah. No, we all we all grow as we, you know, we get our village. So it's always good to have that. I mean, we all grow. The three of us have grown because we've we 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 have each other. So I know you've got you've got the crazy crew for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, 
absolutely. We're all going to invade Sam's house one day. That's it. People are all going to show up there. I'm here for it. Say <laughs> less. Collection he's got, man. That cabinet with the whole thing. That's all I care about. I don't care about that. Yeah. But um, you're also a freelancer too. You've you've, yeah. you've worked as a freelancer. Um, I wanted to ask you for people who um are looking to get into freelancing who've had issues with freelancing. What's some advice that you can give from your personal experience as a freelancer who's gone out there, who's done the hustle, who you know, who knows the game and all that? I would definitely say uh, there's a couple of things. Know your value first of all. You know, know your time is worth money. Don't shortchange yourself. Um. And, you know, a lot of the times, uh, some of the commissions I do are for like people that I've either worked with before, people that I know, you know, friends and stuff. Even if you're giving them like the friend hookup, you know, you, you still got to be a business and, and, and consider yourself that your time is, is valuable. So definitely keep that in mind and always represent yourself at 110%. Never turn in, you know, half ass work because that stuff, you never know whose hands it's going to end up in. And, it could lead to more work or it could lead to people just saying, I'm not messing with this guy. He, you know, he, he's a schmuck, you know, he's a hack if that's what you're, you're cranking out. So I, I always try to do 110% on every project, even if it's like the smallest thing, that's just my attitude about it. I like to represent myself in a positive light. And mm -hmm. um, I think the best way to, uh, to find people, you know, like customers and, and network, man, you gotta, you know, thankfully the, the, the conventions are back and, and my, that's, my best way to do it, you know, hand out your card, you know, tell them who you are, show them your work, that kind of thing. And that always leads to, you know, more work and, and consistently. So that definitely, if, if you're a freelancer, those, those are some of the things I definitely, uh, I would say for you to practice. What, what was the process for you for finding your style? Like, what was that? Like, uh, any influences from like other artists or just like styles, like, you know, you grew up as an anime kid. So you were like, oh, I want to draw like this. Or, you know, what was that for you? It's funny. I'm, I'm just now kind of appreciating anime. I, I just wasn't <laughs> into it as a kid. Like, mm -hmm. I just didn't like how the eyes, you know, and, and the story. <laughs> it just looks so goofy to me. I was like, how can people take this, you know? <laughs> you know, that was back then. I, I, I've grown and my, my tastes have broadened since that I appreciate it. And, and I like I like all art, uh, anybody who's creative. But uh, I, I think, I like to think of myself as a little bit of a, uh, slightly versatile. I, I feel like I can kind of, uh, uh, I don't want to say copy, but I, I can I can bounce back between styles. I, I can do like photorealistic if I have to. I can do cartoony. Cartoony is a little bit of a challenge mm. actually, because as an artist, if you guys can relate to this, it's the, the trick to being cartoony is to knowing when to hold back because I'm all about the rendering and the line work and the shout. But with cartoons, it's such a simpler style that you got to know when to pull back and when to put in, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I have a little bit of a chat. It seems easier, but if you're so used to going in there and doing everything, you have to say like, well, okay, is this done? You know, does this look finished? That, that's the kind of mm -hmm. thing. That, and even for the, the, the project I'm working on now, I had to like streamline my style so that I could try to do it uh, faster, basically. So a mm -hmm. lot of the stuff I'm looking at, I'm like, damn, I could really go in there and still render that and do some cross. But I was like, let me leave that alone and move on to it because I'll never finish it if I do that. You know, if I work my yeah. way that I normally work, I'd be doing this thing for like the next 10 years probably. <laughs> 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 I had to definitely, you know, streamline. So yeah, definitely. That, that, that's the way to go, man. I grew up like, uh, like when I got into comics, I got into, you know, the image guys, the, the famous, mm. you know, the famous six or seven, you know, uh, Rob Liefeld, Eric Larson, Mark Silvestri, Jim oh, yeah. Lee. Right. Rock stars. Uh, 
all, all those guys, I, yeah, I, I like that's the stuff that I like. You remember how it was when when they did everything was rendered, all those little lines. I, I'm a huge fan of that style. Mm. I actually was a little uh, put off when like the whole digital thing took over because it seemed like when digital came in, the line work got simpler and mm -hmm. people started doing like this almost. I hate to call it this, but it was like a coloring book type of thing where it was just it was solid, like a blank lines. And they just drop the colors in, you know, with no rendering. I was like, what is this? And now I do see an event. There's like a happy medium. You got to have a happy medium. It can't mm -hmm. be blank and it can't be too detailed. You got to be in the middle, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I fell in love with, um, I mean, um, you've seen the, 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 the Borderlands, right? I've heard of it. I know what I, it is. I like that style because it's kind of reminiscent in a way to, like how you said, the old school cons. Because I was a big image head back then. Yeah. And when I was looking at that style, they have this cell shading where it looks like, first of all, 3D model. You wow. still have like some of the black lines with the rendering and then the shading on it. Like that's cell shading. I love their cell shading, which is just fantastic. It just made me a big fan of the, um, what created that art style and everything. I'm going to have to look at that because I'm, I'm looking, like testing out uh, ways to color the stuff I'm working. I want to keep it like an animation kind of maybe two to three tone style, like cell shading, just mm. to speed things up. I can't go in there and paint and render. That's again. They definitely dialed in on that, like, aesthetic and that yeah. look. And, like, that's, yeah. like, yeah. if you look at a Borderlands character, you immediately know, like, that's that. That art style is very contingent to them. I think in Gearbox and mm. all that. Yeah. But uh, Who's the artist on that? Um, well, that's probably just a, a team. They probably got it's, the whole, they've yeah, got it's a, a they've got a they've got a whole. It's probably a whole production thing, or like they're all just doing is, is doing certain things. It yeah, it's a game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, look into it. But uh, yeah. my 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 question for you is: so we we've, we've been talking to you, and we've learned like you work in all these mediums. You've done the hustle. You've done an Indiegogo. You're pushing yourself. You're you're going to be re potentially releasing a graphic novel. And from our from your bio, you talk about not only your degree, but your teacher certification. Yeah. So is that something you see yourself doing in the future? And that next step for your artist journey is to now be a teacher and to then give back to the up and comers. Yeah, uh, I definitely do. Um, it's funny, the, the, the path, the, the way I got put on the path, I, I'm married to a teacher. So you know, I, I, I see my wife chilling in the summertime. Okay, it's you know noon. She'll do this in the middle, and I'm you know I work for the post office. That's my day job. So mm. twenty four seven, you know, uh, rain, sleet, or snow doesn't matter. Mm. We're always open. We get some holidays here and there, but I'm working like throughout the year. So you know, I started adding things up. I'm like, hey, she, you know, she's doing. You know, what could I do with three months off in the year? Imagine an artist. You know, with all three months stuff. off, that is a gold you, mine. You, you know what I'm saying? I saw, I started putting it together. You know, she's very supportive of me, and she actually uh, pretty much forced me <laughs> to go back to school and finish my degree, and and you know, concentrate on the, on the teaching thing. So yeah, I have, I have to have to thank my wife for that. But I definitely see myself in terms of uh, I love to talk shop, and I, I like to see young artists coming up, and you know, I, I like to help whenever I, I can, or offer my assistance or my advice or whatever. So I definitely see the teacher role being, you know, the next part of my chapter, the chapter of my life, uh, getting into, you know, into my uh, senior years and whatnot. So I definitely see that. I'm yeah, no, for you. yeah, no, definitely. Like I've always, I've always been a fan of teachers who walked the walk and didn't just talk yeah. the talk. Right. So like right. you, you know, if you're an art, you're an art teacher, future art teacher, and these kids are coming up to you and you're giving them advice. And it's like, yeah, I'm giving you legit advice because this is the shit I had to do. Not, this isn't just, 
yeah. yeah, this isn't just the degree talking. This is right. hard-earned experience. And I always, you know, uh, yes. always had that, you know, contraction between teachers who, I mean, right. it, it is what it is. You do what you got to yeah. do. It's your, it's your degree. But I always found it interesting when you go straight into academia without working in like a public sector or having that acknowledged because having that firsthand experience is just 10 in, times better when you're, relating, when you're relating to your students. So, I, you know, I, you know, happy and congratulate you for, for finishing all that. And, and, you know, hopefully, you know, when you figure out that next path, you're teaching the next, next group, great group of artists. Cause you've yeah. got a lot to give. Yeah. Thanks man. So, thanks for that. That's a good way to actually uh, look at it. Appreciate that. So I got one more question for you and this yeah. is, um, I'm, um, I'm going to be honest. I'm getting back Sam and George for this question. Cause um, <laughs> they hit me with this one. So Aniva. Yes. You are on a desert island stuck with George and Sam. Oh. And then your rescue helicopter comes and says, you had to sacrifice one of them to get on this helicopter. Who are you sacrificing? Who are you, who are you leaving behind? That's easy, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yo, there was no hesitation. The natives will go crazy. He's got a lot more meat. There's more to eat there. <laughs> Yo, there was, there was no hesitation. Sam could fend for himself. <laughs> I love it. That, yeah, Yo, uh, who'd you pick? I don't know. Who'd you pick on that question? I stay. I, I said I'm going off with law because so, we're not throwing so, you off. So, talk, talk, talk. so Sam, Sam asked both of us that question. Right? No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't. But they didn't ask Tone. When they so when they had me on. They, I, I told them about the question. They were like, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, definitely. All right. Which one are y'all lying? So then they were like, well, which one would you choose? And I was like, Seabass, obviously. Like, we're not getting, like, we, me and Seabass know we're not getting rid of Tone. Like, we just know we're not getting rid of Tone. <laughs> Like he's too invaluable, so we could just off each other and call it a day. It's like it's like it's like we're gonna look at each other like yo, he's gonna throw us both off. That's it. I mean, on a desert island, I, I gotta leave sea bass because homeboy can't swim. So. <laughs> Listen, I got I got the camping skills, the hiking skills. Listen, I'm here for it. I can't fit for myself. No, uh, but this, this, is, this is the crazy guys came up with that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, anyway, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story, yeah, your creations with us. Oh, man. It's been dope, um, man. Please, yeah, yeah. Uh, so everybody, please follow Nima. He's we're gonna have all the links in the descriptions there. You find out his work stuff. Stay up to date with everything. This is boy Sebastian, it's a boy Law, and your boy Tone from across the hall who survives on this desert island. <laughs> <laughs>